I think being a jack of all trades is a part of the learning design process. It is something that we all go through because you can't be completely sure when you first start what you're going to focus on because you're new to it, right? And you haven't tried all these other things. And it is important to try them to see what suits you best. Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name is Charlie. And I'm Femke, and welcome to episode 38. And this episode is going to be talking a little bit about jack of all trades. And I think from Charlie and I's experience, we're probably going to talk about this in a relation to tech mostly, but who knows? We'll see where the conversation goes. But we feel there's a lot of pressure on us as designers to be a jack of all trades. So whether that's learning how to or knowing how to design and code or multiple other skill sets that we're sort of expected to have, we'll be diving a little bit into how we feel about that and whether we think it's good to be a jack of all trades or just be a master of one. But Charlie, how are you feeling this week? Well, as you might be able to tell from my voice, not brilliant. (laughs) It's not been a great week for me, like productivity-wise and health-wise, which is always really frustrating. It's important when you're sick to just stop and get better, right? But that's really difficult. And I, I, I was forced to stop and do nothing for like three days this week. But also I've spent most of the time feeling frustrated and like looking at my list of things that need to be done, which definitely was not helpful. I'm feeling much better today. That's why we're recording. So yes, this is me sounding much better. <laughs> How's your week been though? I hope you've been productive enough for the both of us. Yeah, I feel like I have been productive enough for the both of us because it oh, has good. been a pretty busy week for me this week. I've been getting quite a lot of questions from people, which sounds pretty vague, but I've had a few people email me asking about like how to start blogging, how to set up a blog, cool. or asking questions about, you know, I, I'm thinking about quitting my job and I want to go freelance. How do I get clients? And that's actually been really cool for me because I haven't really had that before. You know, people personally emailing me asking for advice. So for the first time, like I've been spending a lot of time in my inbox, like replying to people and having these conversations, which has kind of been pretty rewarding, actually. That's amazing. That is really rewarding. And it's cool because it's obviously, you know, this work you're putting in is paying off, right? Yeah, it seems that way, which is pretty cool. I also had a bit of a moment yesterday where I almost missed my streak of publishing a blog post every week. (laughs) (gasps) How did that happen? Yeah, I went out last night to see Design Disruptors, uh, the Envision documentary, and it was actually screening in Rotterdam. Uh, So I got home super late and I was aware that I had to publish a blog post. I had it all scheduled and everything. Well, I didn't have it scheduled, but I had it, you know, in WordPress. Right, so it was already written. It was already written. It was already there. The reason I hadn't published it earlier in the day because – was because unfortunately our site was down and we had some server issues. Yeah, I know, one of those days where it's like, ah, scrambling to get it back up. Uh, But we got home super late and I got into bed and it was 11.45 p.m. and I had this realization of, oh my gosh, I haven't yet published the blog post. And I sort of sat there for a couple seconds like, okay, I've got a choice. I can either, you know, leave it and my streak will be over or it will literally take me like one minute to get up and press the publish button. So that's what I did. (laughs) 
That's good. I'm glad you didn't miss it. It was worth getting up and hitting that publish button, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I feel really good that it's out there now. And hopefully next time I can be better prepared. And maybe I should actually start scheduling them so they go out automatically. I'm not sure why I haven't done that yet. Yeah, make the blog do the work for you. (laughs) Yeah, this seems like a smart thing to do. So today's topic of jack of all trades, I feel like I never really gave this topic much consideration until there started becoming a lot of pressure on designers to know how to code and I know that we've talked about that in a previous episode but there was so much pressure of like designers should know how to code, they should know how to do x, y and z and they should be unicorns and you know know how to do everything but there was not that same or similar pressure on people in other with other skills like engineers for example I have never seen someone argue that an engineer or a developer should know how to design and so you know I was kind of like questioning that like so why then are designers supposed to know how to code if developers don't need to know how to design and then it was brought to my attention even more when Tobias Van Schneider where he said that rather than being a jack of all trades and master of none you could be a master of some which I find quite interesting concept of not necessarily just honing down on one particular skill but maybe a couple of them. Yeah I like that because I feel often with these you know you see startups looking for a designer that does everything and you almost feel like it's not even a jack of all trades they want it's a master of all trades you know you have to know all about javascript html CSS, all the latest updates and that, you know, the cool coding things and as well as be able to design really good UI and UX and also perhaps step in with the branding. I don't know. It, it seems a bit unrealistic, I think, because in order to get really good at something, as we've talked about before, you really have to be able to focus on it and you have to be able to put a lot of attention into it and give it time, like devote time and passion to it. And I don't think it's possible to do that with absolutely all of the skills that so many companies these days tend to require, I think you do have to pick one or some, as Tobias said, to be your focus because otherwise, yeah, I don't know how you could do it. Yeah, I agree. And especially when it comes to, like if we're talking about design in particular being our main skill, that already in itself is like a huge monumental skill. Yeah, there's so many things involved in that. Exactly. I think people disregard it as being something that maybe is not as skillful as being a developer for example so then they're like oh well you still have like a bit extra left to get the cup full so why don't you go and fill that up with a different skill do you know what I mean yeah I do know what you mean and I think if perhaps if you focus only on web design you know that's all you ever would think about then I can see how maybe coding could fit in there as well because that's how you're going to bring your ideas to life, you know, as an end product. But even that, like web design is huge and I would call myself a web designer, but I also know print design. I also understand branding. I also understand, you know, digital design, illustration and making graphics to go online. You know, there's a whole lot of other things involved that, I don't know, I've just put my focus on them rather than on mastering the art of coding. I would say that, I am, even though saying master sounds very, you know, pretentious, but for the purposes of this analogy, I would say that I'm a master of web design and then I vaguely know a bit of everything else, you know, 
like web design is where I put my main focus and print design as well, although that's not on purpose, like that's just happened over the years. But I would say that I'm a jack of the trades of coding and, you know, illustration and the other things that I mentioned. What what about you? Yeah, I would say that I'm still in the position, or at least I still feel like at the moment, I am a bit of a jack of all trades and master of none, but I do want to change that to being a master of some. And the reason that I say I don't think I'm there yet is because I still think I'm quite shy in terms of experience. Like I still think I have a lot to learn to really classify myself a quote unquote master. Like even for this analogy, I, you know, I'm not a full-time designer. And so I don't feel like I could call myself a master of design, although I do spend a lot of time in it and a lot of time nurturing and, you know, honing my skill set with the goal in mind of becoming a master. And so I do feel at the moment, especially with my position at work, where I do do a lot of different things, you know, I do some marketing, I do some comms, I do like a little bit of design sometimes, that I definitely do feel like I'm currently in that sort of jack of all trades hot seat right now with everything that I do. I don't know. To me, calling yourself a jack of all trades means that that's what you market yourself as. Like, the, like, I can do everything. Like, um, Actually, I had someone comment on a video the other day that's saying that oh, I'm a 3D artist, so I can do illustration, I can also do branding, and then also I can do web design, and then also I can do this and that, you know? I think that is the jack-of-all-trades, is when you're publishing those facts about yourself, and, you know, that's what you're marketing yourself at and telling people that's what you are. And I don't think that's you. I think that when I think of you and the type of design you do, I would say it's web design. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up because I also wanted to touch a little bit on that about how you position yourself. And we've also discussed this quite a bit, but I think it's important too because I do think it's, you know, a really valid point. You could totally be a jack of all trades and have multiple skills But how do you position yourself? You know, are you positioning yourself as like a multidisciplinary design unicorn or are you positioning yourself as the best person on the market for icon design, for example? And that's that's tough, right? Because I think a lot of people do um, like position themselves as that unicorn designer. And some people, you know what, they actually are. Some people are amazing and they are like completely awesome coders as well as designers and that's just incredible hats off to those people but you know what there's there's not that many of them you know they're unicorns they're called unicorns for a reason so if you're calling yourself that type of unicorn designer boy you've got a lot to live up to because yeah the the people who do that are amazing and a lot is expected of them so I don't think it's something that you should throw around lightly you know yeah and I mean, I'm confused about how it all came about. Like, if there's only so many people, like a small group of people that really are, you know, masters in so many things and jack of all trades and market themselves that way as multidisciplinary unicorns, how did it come about that that became the expectation of everyone else? I don't know. I think it's seen as the ideal from tech companies in particular. Like we said, we're mostly going to be talking about that because that's the area we work in. Uh, you know, I think that's the ideal for a tech company to be able to hire one person that does two jobs well, pretty much, you know, that's the ideal standpoint from a company because it's just one person they're bringing on board, but they're going to have the skills to do both of the jobs they need. They can be sort of uh, like self-sufficient team in a way. 
because they can do both the design and the coding side. So I can see why it would be desirable. But yeah, it is really hard to find people who are actually amazing at both of those things. Yeah, I feel like there's sort of this like preconception of in order for you to be a great designer, you have to be great at multiple things. Like you have to be great at coding, at design, maybe at a bit of project management or whatever. But some of the best designers I know don't know how to code. Like, and they're solely, in my in my belief, the best designers because they have spent all of that time crafting and nurturing their design skills. You know, they've been able to put way more time and effort and energy into learning and honing design rather than a designer who's only spent 80% doing that and 20% on code. Yeah, and that same applies to whatever, you know, you can swap those design and code out for any other disciplines as well, right? Exactly, exactly. I'm not a master of illustration because I only dabble in it when I need to, and it's the same with code. Like, if I wanted to be really great at illustrating things, then I could put a lot more time into that and make that my focus, but I've chosen not to because I don't think it's the essential skill for me to be great at web design. Uh, it's, It's useful. And I think that a lot of people actually in our tweets, which we should get into in a minute, but a lot of people have said that it's really important to, you know, understand a broad range of skills because they can feed into your main one. And that's definitely true for me. Like I web design is my focus, but everything else that I understand, like even print design that I used to focus on has really like informed my web design knowledge of typography and layout and, you know, making information readable and understandable that's all fed in together to make my web design stronger. So I think that's different though from trying to master these other skills. Instead, I'm learning what I can from them in order to make my main skill better. Totally. I think that's a great notion actually of that having an understanding of something, you know, that's worth a lot as well. Like why is it that we need to be masters in everything? If you at least have an understanding in something else, then that's also going to be super helpful and I think super beneficial to your overall skill set as well. Like, you know, you have an understanding of illustration or, or print design and stuff. You're not necessarily a master in it, but it's still something that you can bring to the table. And I do think that that's valuable. But I think it's okay to have an understanding in something and not have to be a master in it as well in order for it to be useful. Yeah, I totally agree with that. But I th- yeah, I don't know. I think that all these, these startups wanting these unicorn designers obviously want you to be amazing at everything. And dare I say it, but I think it's a very Kiwi thing for us to not proclaim ourselves to be masters of anything. You know, we've got our tall poppy syndrome going on, whereas yeah. other countries like... Uh, I mean, I don't want to call America out, but it does seem like Americans are much more comfortable in saying that, you know, I'm great at this thing and this thing and this thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think it comes down a bit to confidence factor as well, right? And yeah, having to having to make yourself shine and stand out from the crowd. I mean, there's so many more people in the States. Like you've probably got so much more competition when you apply for jobs that totally. you really do have to make yourself stand out. And I guess, you know... Being a master of a lot of things is one way to do that. So we ran a poll on Twitter asking our audience, actually, if they consider themselves a jack of all trades or a master of one. I think we should probably should have had a third option in there, master of some, because a couple of people replied and said that. But the results were interesting. 77% said jack of all trades, and that left 23% saying they're a master of one. So I wonder if that 77% 
is a jack of all trades because the answer, like like you said, Femme, that you don't feel like you can call yourself a master yet, or if they're like doing that on purpose, that they're purposefully marketing themselves as, you know, knowing everything and being able to help with, with anything. Yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure to show that you can do multiple things and be a jack of all trades. I don't know if yet being a master of one is considered the ideal or is as as highly looked upon or as praised as someone that has a multidisciplinary skill set. Right. And I think that might be mostly outside the design world, like potentially. Because uh, when, when I say jack of all trades, I'm thinking you're not a master of any of them. You're just a jack of all the trades, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that, I don't know, I don't consider that to be a good thing. I think it's better to master one or some and then dabble in the rest personally because then you're going to be able to do those things better and the clients coming to you for those things are going to want that more, right? I think we talked about this in a previous episode I think it was in episode 35 that we talked about finding a niche for yourself and choosing an avenue to go down because then you'll appear to be stronger in that one thing. And I think that definitely applies to this jack of all trades conversation because if you're saying you can do everything, what are you doing well? And like, why should someone pick you over the other person who's a jack of all trades? You know, how are you going to stand out? Yeah, totally. I think everyone is a jack of all trades at some point you know we all want to dabble in a few different things and figure out you know what we like what we don't like what we have like a natural strength in and what we you know have more of a weakness in and I guess everyone goes through that at a different phase or at a different period like for me I feel like I might just be coming off the tail end of it now and I've been in there for a while trying to figure out like you know which kind of design do I like and you know at design school I took motion graphics and I took print design and I took like web uh, UX UI design and that that to me is kind of like dabbling in a few different things and now I think I'm getting focus and that focus I think will lead me down this path or help me really go down this path of just honing that one particular skill. Yeah, totally. I think being a jack of all trades is a part of the learning design process. It is something that we all go through because you can't be completely sure when you first start what you're going to focus on because you're new to it, right? And you haven't tried all these other things. And it is important to try them to see what suits you best. I can't even imagine, like, imagine if I'd never done that one web design paper at university and then, you know, years later been thinking, oh, you know what, that was really fun, I want to do more of that. Like, then my life would be totally different. Might still be a print designer working on making brochures somewhere. Who knows? Yeah, I'm still under the, like, firm belief, I guess, that you'd be much better off going to someone who specialises in business cards if you want a business card made than someone else who does like every other possible form of design that you could ever think of yeah I think when you put it like that it's kind of hard to argue with right but yeah yeah but still so many people expect you to be so multidisciplinary yeah and it's like how can you get how can you become a master at one thing if you're spending your time on so many others yeah I mean you're preaching to the converted fam makes total sense to me (laughs) If anyone listening disagrees, though, like I would be super interested to hear 
you know, I'm always open to hearing other sides of the argument and I'm sure there's some really great articles out there that probably argue both points or both ways. So super keen to hear if anyone has any other thoughts about this to share. Yeah, definitely. Should we dive into some tweets because we might find some differing opinions in there? Yes, that's a good place to start. So we asked, do you think it's good to broaden your skill set and become a jack of all trades or only focus your efforts on one particular skill? And Jeffrey said, jack of all trades, master of some, which is kind of what we've talked about. And he went on to say, having an understanding of all trades will strengthen your skill in the one you're mastering in. And I find that super interesting. And and I do agree. I think having an understanding in other skills and other areas is still worthwhile. And I think that's cool that he's seeing that as helping him understand his own skill set. Yeah, I totally agree with this. This is my like stance on the matter as well. I think it's important to bring in other skills because it's like that steel like an artist that we've talked about before, that book by Austin Cleon that talks about yeah. bringing in inspiration from multiple different sources to make something new. So it's like remixing pretty much. And I think the same can be said of skills. Like sometimes I'll bring hand-drawn elements into digital graphics, you know? Why not make something look a bit more unique? So I think that all those those other skills can come together to help your main one. Emily says, I think employers these days expect designers to know so much, like coding and also how to use many different software packages. Yeah, it's, so that's that's good that she's tweeted that because it's obviously not just us who's found that from mm-hmm. you know looking at job listings, that many employers do expect all of that and more sometimes. Yeah, and it makes it hard. Like I can imagine if you're looking for a new job as a designer there must be so many factors I guess that come into consideration about whether you think you'd be a good fit like what design tools do they use there like if you're going to have to go in there and be forced to learn a complete new set of design tools you know that's a it's a lot of effort yeah my first job out of university even though it wasn't a different tool but I had to use a pc and I was you know had been using a mac ever since I'd owned a computer when I went to university. So that was like a, a learning shift for me to, you know, my workflow was severely impacted by that because I, I wasn't, you know, quick with all the short codes and things. Yeah, it, it can be, it, it's a tough thing to weigh out, like, is the job worth learning this new thing? But I mean, learning is always good. But sometimes, you know, it, it might not be the job for you if it's not something that you're interested in learning. Like, if you don't want to become a designer slash developer, then don't take on a job that is going to mean you split your time evenly between both. Because yeah. you, won't, you won't be fulfilled by that. Yeah. Hannah said, it's good to have an understanding of different or other things related to your skill. But also, try to perfect your skill before doing a million other things. Once you're confident in your skill, it's always nice to learn something new. I think that is a super, super nice sentiment to have of, you know, being comfortable in in your own skill and having confidence in that before branching out and tackling other skills to learn and add to your skill set. Yeah, that totally makes sense to me too. Dylan said that he thinks it's good to know all things. You can't know how all of your training might come together in the future to benefit you. I think this is true in the initial stages of learning. 
like we were talking about before, when you're just starting out in design, don't close your mind off to things that you thought, oh no, that's not my area yet, because it can all come together. Like you, I did motion graphics at design school. I also did a bit of animation. Yeah. I even learned a bit about green screening and things, which obviously does not at all come into my everyday life now, but you know, that was still a good, good thing to learn at the time. Might've been an avenue I wanted to go down and I discovered that it wasn't. Yeah, I think this ties into what I was kind of touching on before of how it's good to dabble, I think, you know, and everyone goes through that phase of figuring out what it is they want to do. Like, you're not born a master in anything. Nobody is. Like, you have to dabble and you have to experience other skills and give things a go before you can really choose to master a particular one. Yeah, but once you have picked that one avenue to go down, I think it's best to embrace it fully and not, you know, spend 50% of your energy going forwards with that, but then the other 50 spread out across a bunch of other different tasks. I think that that's just going to, like, you know, if you just think of it in terms of, you know, motion, you're going to be moving slower towards becoming a master of that one skill if you're spending half your time going after other things in different directions. Yeah, you know, it's it's actually quite interesting that there's so much pressure to be like a master of so many different skills now because I mean if you think back to like the great masters you know in the last century or two like you know great painters and artists and those kind of people I mean I don't think Van Gogh was painting and also I don't know coding websites (laughs) yeah he definitely wasn't coding websites but you know like he was fully immersed in art like you know you go like all in you go down that rabbit hole and completely immerse yourself in that industry and that world and that's where some of the great masters of our time have come from and so why now is there so much pressure to be so multidisciplinary I don't know I just find that also quite interesting yeah I think it is partly to do with the pressure from you know employers wanting a one-stop shop You know, they just want to hire one person who does all of those jobs rather than having to look around for different people to do them. And perhaps the same with clients, if they come to you wanting the full package, I don't know, that that could be a thing. If Personally, maybe it's just because I understand design, but if I was a client going to someone for something, I'd want to, I'd prefer to split it up and go to the best person for each thing. I'd think that's how I'd get the best, you know, results. But yeah, I suppose it's it's much easier just to deal with one person, right? Yeah, I guess so. I just wish it was still, you know, like some of the greatest scientists and astronauts and stuff have literally dedicated their life to like science, for example. And I wish that we could do the same with something like design. Who knows? You know what, Fem? We can. Because... <laughs> I No, truly, I believe this. When I was uh, looking to leave my job, uh, you know, how long ago was it now? Like a year and a half ago, maybe. Yeah, it must be. Um, And was looking around at the other listings there. There was a lot of jobs that listed that they wanted a designer developer hybrid, you know. And so I just closed that job listing and thought, not for me, you know. There was others out there that were looking for a designer and you know a marketing designer that's what I do so I design like the marketing materials which does involve you know a lot of disciplines but it's counted as one job Uh, and there was a lot of jobs out there looking for that as well so go after those jobs and you know do those things and we see people freelancing as well like Brent Galloway we bring him up a lot but that's just because he's doing so well and he's just such a good example of this 
He's focused his freelance design on one doing one thing and doing it really well, and that is designing t-shirts. And, you know, he's becoming really, really popular because of it. He's getting so many amazing clients because he's focusing on this one thing, and these important clients are seeing this guy is the guy to go to because this is what he does and this is why he does it well. And, I don't know, seeing that just gives me hope for this style of working, that it, that it will be the way going forward, that people want specialists in things rather than generalists. Yeah, let's just hope that that's true. Oh, fam. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like I'm like such a pessimist right now. <laughs> so, I mean, we have tweets from both sides of the fence. So Jeeves and Ivana both say broadening skill sets and Melissa and Michael say focusing on one particular thing. And Michael in particular says, focus on one area, but expand your skills in that area. For example, a web designer means learning how code works. So that's Oh, that's interesting. That, I do find that interesting because he considers that focusing on one area. But what about you, Charlie? Do you think that's two separate ones? I think it's two separate skills, but I can see how understanding code could become an extension of understanding web design because I feel like that's what I've done with my knowledge of code, it's very specific to the types of designs that I code. You know, I can't go and code a bunch of cool animated transitions and things, but I do know how to, like, put a header and a footer in place, for example. So I I guess I've learned my coding to go alongside the web design as an extension of that skill. So I can see what he's coming from there. And I think he means that, like, he wouldn't go off and learn print design, for example, because possibly the same clients that like those two skills don't feed into each other as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would have to agree that, you know, web design and learning to code, you know, they're complementary skills. And I also like how he said, you know, being a web designer means learning how code works, not necessarily learning how to code, Ooh, good but point. learning a basic understanding of how it works, I guess, so that that helps you be better at web design. I really like what Paul has said. Uh, He said that I think it's good to be versatile, but also know that going with your strengths first makes you a healthier and happier person. I I haven't thought about it in that way. Yeah, I think always whatever it is that you're going to really focus your time, efforts and energy on and, you know, nurture has to be something that that makes you happy, right? And that you naturally have a strength in. He says to follow up. Go with your strengths first, then you can go out of your comfort zone and strengthen other skills. So it seems like he's in agreement too that you should, you know, focus on one main thing, but then other things can feed into it. And on that note, Stephanie's tweet basically summarizes that where she says, focus and become an expert in one thing, but a wider skill set can complement your expertise. I think we've got some pretty smart listeners. <laughs> yeah, I think that is a really good distinction or definition to make is that learning like a complementary skill, I think that's different than like mastering something that's completely different. Like, you know, I'm a web designer and then I decide to go and master horse riding or something, you know, super <laughs> random. It's like, it, it's not complementary. Yep. Yep. That's, that makes sense. That's just not, you know, worth your efforts as well to market yourself towards yeah, that. To market, Unless yeah. you're particularly wanting to build websites for stables. In that case, they might like the fact that you can ride horses. Yeah, because then you have an understanding of horse. Yeah, of their needs. (laughs) I really like what Camilla's said, and this is something that we haven't really talked about. 
She says it depends on your niche strategy and business model, you know, whether you want to become a jack of all trades or a master of one. And she says a horizontal niche would be focused on one industry and doing, say, web, print, brand strategy, etc. Oh, she says for equine businesses. Oh, my gosh. Go. So that, she's brought up the same analogy. Yeah, that's so funny. What a coincidence. <laughs> so that's, that's a horizontal niche is meaning you do everything for that one particular, you know, industry. But she said vertical might look like designing only email marketing templates. So that's, you know, going deep on the one specific part of design. And I would say that you could go further and only design email marketing templates for equine businesses if yeah. there was enough demand for it, you know? I'd say so. Yeah, but that's interesting, the the de- definition between horizontal and vertical. So horizontal does seem more like a jack-of-all-trades thing where you're spreading out over a bunch of different disciplines but still focusing on the one client. Mm-hmm. Whereas vertical is picking that one, you know, type of design you want to do and focusing on that. I've never thought about it in those kind of like axes ways, but it really does make sense. Mm. So it seems like us and and the majority of our listeners really are in agreement that it is good to have one thing as your main focus, but then other things you learn can feed into it and complement that main skill. Yeah, and so whatever your main skill or strength is, like – you know, don't be afraid to broaden your understanding of complementary skills. I don't I don't know if you necessarily have to go and like learn the entire thing and be a master. I mean it depends what you want to do, but having at least like some sort of understanding of a complementary skill I think is beneficial as it helps you, you know, achieve your own skill better. Yeah, and the important thing I think like we talked about in that niche episode is those complementary skills don't have to be what you market yourself as. Totally. You know, stick to your main thing. It'll be stronger if if you can still say that, like, this is my thing and I'm good at this. It, it's, it looks stronger for a client or potential employer coming to hire you for that one thing if they don't think you're spreading your time thin across a bunch of other things too. That could be a controversial opinion. I don't know. Let's talk about it. Reach out to us on Twitter. We are at DesignLifeFM and we want to hear your thoughts. You can also go to our website, which is designlife.fm, and you'll find the episodes, including this one, will be there for you to listen to again if you want to or share it with your friends. And you can also get in touch with us there. We have a contact form. If you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes, we'd love to hear them. Thank you, by the way, to everybody who has been sending in emails. It's been really awesome to have little conversations with you and also add your topic suggestions to our list. Good chat, fam. I'll see you next week. See you next week.